0: Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today.
1: Have your Bibles. I said last week we would do part two and then we'll re engage back into 1 John. We're going back to the same passage that we left off with on last Sunday, Psalms 38. But we'll do more of the passage as we preach exegetically through it. Psalms 38, number 38, verses 1 through 22. Psalms 38, 1 through 22 is our text for this morning. The Word of God reads, O Lord, don't rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your rage. Your arrows have struck deep and your blows are crushing me because of your anger. My whole body is sick. My health is broken because of my sin. My guilt overwhelms me. It is a burden too heavy to bear. My wounds fester and stink because of my foolish sins. Look at that, foolish sins, foolish sins. I am bent over and racked with pain. All day long I walk around filled with grief. A raging fever burns within me and my health is broken. I am exhausted and completely crushed. My groans come from an anguished heart. You know what I long for, Lord. You hear my every sigh. My heart beats wildly. My strength fails and I'm going blind. My loved ones and friends stay awake, fearing my disease. Even my own family stands at a distance. Meanwhile, my enemies lay traps to kill me. Those who wish me harm make plans to ruin me. All day long they plan their treachery. But I am deaf to all their threats. I am silent before them as one who cannot speak. I choose to hear nothing and I make no reply. For I am waiting for you, O Lord. You must answer for me. Oh, Lord, my God, I prayed, don't let my enemies gloat over me or rejoice at my downfall. I am on the verge of collapse, facing constant pain, but I confess my sins. I am deeply sorry for what I have done. I have many aggressive enemies. They hate me without a reason. They repay me evil for good and oppose me for pursuing good. Do not abandon me, oh, Lord. Do not stay at a distance, my God, come quickly to help me, O Lord, my Savior. Wow, what a passage. I want to preach again, part two, the devastating consequences of sin. This is one of the penitential psalms where David cries out to God and confesses his sins. This psalm is full of grief. This particular psalm is full of lament from beginning to its end because of David's sins. Exactly which specific sin is not mentioned that David committed, uh, it may have involved his adulterous relationship with Bathsheba. My friend, God has a marvelous plan for your life personally as well as for the life of his church However, sin will keep you from reaching your God-given potential for Christ. We cannot truly be a living sacrifice unless we honestly deal with the issue of sin in our lives. For God is not impressed with your personal achievements, neither is he impressed with academic credentials. Those things are good, but they are not impressive to God. He's not impressed by human wisdom, good deeds, your financial investments, your popularity, career, social status. He's not impressed with military rank. Neither is he impressed with the number of members in any given church, the ministries and programs of any given church, the financial giving of our tithes and offerings, or even our praise and worship, if we allow sin to go unrestrained in our personal lives in the Lord's church and in our lives personally. What is tithes and offerings with an unholy life? Uh, what, what's an education when you are estranged from God? What God wants is a holy life, and then all of these things take on meaning because you're living holy as unto the Lord. What is sin? What is sin? Sin in the Greek is hamartia. It is a missing of the mark, a a falling short of the glory of God. What is sin? Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What is sin? The Bible defines sin. Sin is lawlessness and a violation of the law of God. It is lawlessness and a violation of the law of God. It is a complete disregard for God's law. We live in a... Roofless society, a diabolical society that could care less about the divine law of our holy God. First John three four says, "Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness." And we are witnessing a lawless society. Everyone is doing what is right in their own eyes. 1 John 5, 17a says, all unrighteousness is sin. So you don't have to ask in this church what is sin. Maranatha Bible Church knows what sin is because I have given you the definition, not Draper's definition, the biblical definition of sin. Who has sin? Who has sin? The Bible says that all have sinned. You say, how do you know that? Because of Romans 3.10, which says, there is none righteous, no, not one. If you think you are, it says, no, not one, not even you, not even me. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 5.12 says, therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, all humanity, because all sin." No care who you are, you have sinned. You're born a sinner. we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. First Corinthians 15:22 also says, "For as in Adam, all die, we die. We, 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 we all sin. We've, we're all born, separated from God, on our way to hell. But Jesus came that we would have life and have life abundantly. In Christ, all shall be made." alive. Praise God. Then, biblical examples of the devastating consequences of sin. I want you to see what sin does so graphically Till I want you to look at it as we peruse scriptures, scripture illustrations. It's not a complete list, but it does give you a sense of how devastating sin is. Sin is so disastrous that Adam and Eve died spiritually the moment they sinned against God, And after they were expelled from the Garden of Eden, they eventually died physically. Apart from Noah and his family in the ark, all peoples and animals outside the ark died in the great global flood in Noah's day because of their unrestrained wickedness in his day. Because of the sin of homosexuality, the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Pharaoh's army drowned in the Red Sea because of their rebellion against God and attempting to destroy Israel. Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, were struck dead as priests because they mishandled holy things. Moses was forbidden by God to enter the promised land because he did not reverence God before Israel by following his instructions when commanded to speak to the rock. Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 long years because of their lack of faith and rebelling against God's word. Achan was stoned to death because of his greed. David's adultery caused him to suffer the death of his own beloved son and judgment upon his family. Judah was taken into captivity in Babylon, and the temple was destroyed because of her rebellion and serving other gods. Judas betrayed Christ for 30 pieces of silver, then went out and hung himself. And Ananias and Sapphira died for lying to the Holy Spirit. Beloved, because of the disastrous consequences of sin, we all need to repent and get out of it ASAP. If this does not frighten you, if this does not bring you to humility, if this does not fill your heart with contrition and repentance, then what will? Let's go to the text. What are some of the devastating consequences for believers who sin against God? And you're going to see it so clearly in the text today. What are some of the devastating consequences for believers who sin against God? Number one, sin stirs up the wrath of God. Sin stirs up the wrath of God. Verse one says, oh Lord, don't rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your rage. In other words, God's attitude is always the same toward sin. He hates it. There's never a moment in time in all of human history that God loves sin. He, he hates sin. God loves his children too much to let us get away with sin. The holiness of God will not permit us to get away with sin. Sin stirs up the wrath of God. Secondly, sin will bring the chastening hand of God upon his children. Sin will bring the chastening hand of God upon his children. Verse 2 says, your arrows have struck deep and your blows are crushing me. The Lord's chastening is a divine retribution like none other. When you are chastened by the Lord, it is most severe. When you are chastened by the Lord, it is painful, it is humiliating. The punishment from man pales in comparison to God's divine chastening. The pains of God's chastening are felt deep within us. God's chastening is far more than a mere slap on the wrist. God makes us know that he is the one who chastens us. Beloved, when God chastens his children, there is no question about who is doing the whipping. The ultimate purpose of divine chastening is to restore our fellowship and communion with Jesus Christ. He chastens us not because he hates us. He chastens us because he loves us and wants us to have right relationship with him. Thirdly, sin destroys our health. Sin has a devastating impact on one's health. Verses 3 and 7 says, because of your anger, my whole body is sick. Sin makes the whole body sick. My health is broken because of my sin. A raging fever burns within me, and my health is broken. David's sin resulted in the whole body, his whole body being sick with raging fever and a declining health. Sin ensnares and weakens us. Sin will bring on restlessness. Sin will bring on loss of sleep in the body. Sin will bring on worry that you're going to get caught and all other things. Sin will bring on undue stress and physical sickness. The only cure for sin is to repent and get right with Almighty God. Beloved, you are inviting physical harm and even destruction to your own body, God-given body, when you abuse drugs and alcohol, use of tobacco products, when you abuse your body because of being gluttonous, You make your body sick, can't stop eating, eating all the wrong stuff, eating too much sugar, eating too many carbs, just go crazy. You know you're full, but you keep eating. You make yourself sick. You can bury yourself with your own teeth. (laughs) Sin. You make your body sick when you engage in secret sins, engage in sexual immorality, which can lead to sexual transmitted diseases. Talking about you can just pop a pill and you'll feel all right? Don't let those commercials deceive you. You won't feel all right, but you gonna still feel sick. And matter of fact, you making the pharmaceutical companies and everybody else rich. You just can't buy one pill and not take another pill. You got to take more pills and you still, you'll never feel like you used to be when you've messed your body up. Sin makes you sick. Sexually transmitted diseases are nothing to play with. It'll wipe you out. Sin also brings on depression, brings on hate, greed. It brings on anger. It brings on bitterness. Sin makes your body brittle. It it makes your body frail, young folk. There are folk who are 40 years old and look like they're 80 because of sin. You can't get it back. You only get one body, so take care of it. It's a gift from God to you. Take care of it. Sin will disease you. Sin will make you impotent because of sin. We lose our productivity for God and we become less of a threat For Satan when we live a lifestyle of sin. Number four, sin will weigh and burden you down. Sin will weigh and burden you down. Look at verse four. My guilt overwhelms me. It is a burden too heavy to bear. Sin is heavy. It is possible to be so overwhelmed and weighed down with sin until it catches up with you. And when it catches up with you, it... (laughs) swallows you up, overtakes you, and, and the weight under sin will collapse you and expose you. What's done in the dark will come to the light. Be sure your sins will find you out. Be sure your sins will find you out. You can fool some of the people some of the time, but you cannot fool all of the people all the time. God never wears blinders. He's an all-seeing God, and he sees the good and the evil. Number five, sin has lingering effects on your body. Lingering effects. Verse five, my wounds fester and stink because of my foolish sins. Sin will make a fool out of you. It'll make a fool out of you. This message has scared me already. If this message doesn't get you you're pretty tough. David's disease left him with open sores, fever, and a bad smell. Sin will leave you a stench in the nostrils of God. The consequences of sin can often be felt a lifetime. Now listen at this, and I want you to hear me well. You may choose to sin. You say, I want to sin, I want to sin, I want to sin. Okay, I, why you want to sin? Because I like it. Okay, go on and like it. You may choose to sin. However, you have no say of the consequences, the time of your whipping, the place of your whipping, <laughs> or the method of your divine chastening. You have no choice in that matter. Even though God forgives, you may experience the consequences of your sins even for a lifetime. Number six, sin changes your spiritual posture. Sin changes your spiritual posture. In verse six, it says, I am bent over and racked with pain. All day long, I walk around filled with grief. Many think and live at a level lower than what God intends for them to live. You got to stoop low to sin. You have to stoop low to sin. Sin lowers your thinking. You got to stoop low, it lowers your spiritual posture. You, you, You have to stoop low. Sin lowers your character, sin lowers your dignity. Sin lures your lifestyle. Sin lures your standards. I was told by a deacon in the previous church many, many years ago, um, it's Pastor Draper, you know what your problem is? I said, what is it? He said, your standards are too high. And then I looked at him, you know, you got to always be ready with a word because you, you, you better be ready. I'm never ready to cuss anybody out but you gotta be ready to give a timely word. And so I asked a question, usually when you come up with that kind of nonsense, I usually, most of the time, will ask a question with a question. And that usually disarmed people. And I said, I got a question for you. He said, what? How can people be changed with low standards? You tell me that in a right way. He couldn't say a word. And that's the problem. We want everything to go in the church. But when it comes to schooling and education, you got to take the bar. You got to take the medical exam. You just can't step on a Delta airline and just fly. You got to matriculate through something. You got to go through this and through that. And not, it's, I don't know what all they go through. And you don't even know their name. They just, they just fly. They may not have, you don't know who's in that cockpit. You better be praying. Get getting on there having a martini, martini nothing. You see, I don't like martini, then Coors. That's why folk are going crazy on the plane now. They're drinking too much. They're drunk when they get on the plane in the airport. They need to clear that alcohol out the airport before they slap your face on that plane. Y'all laugh because it's true. These people crazy. Got to strap people up. Put duct tape all around them. We're we 40,000 feet in the air. Somebody got to get duct tape. You know they're crazy. <laughs> Sin. Sin makes them act a fool up there. You know they, 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 they're a fool. Don't be so quick to blow your horn at another sinner. They'll blow your head off. Keep on going. Go home, eat steak, and sleep soundly. Sin turns a joyful heart into a heart of mourning and calls us to become stricken with grief. Sin makes you miserable. David was miserable, just miserable. Number seven, sin breaks the spirit. Verse eight, I am exhausted. It tires you out. It wears on you and completely crushed My groans come from an anguished heart. Sin will steal your energy and cause you to become emotionally disturbed. It fills the heart with mental anguish and confuses the mind to the point that you cannot think with clarity. It takes away your ability to think. David said, I am exhausted and completely crushed under the weight of sin. Number eight, sin steals our most valuable possessions. Sin steals our most valuable possessions. Verses nine and 10 says, you know what I long for, Lord. You hear my every sigh. My heart beats wildly. My strength fails, and I'm going blind. Sin brings on emotional stress, causes your body to function abnormally, such as an erratic heartbeat. Sin makes your blood pressure go up. Sin brings on your loss of appetite and loss of sleep. It also steals your strength, your vitality, your energy. Sin steals your reputation and self-esteem. It saps the life out of us. Sin steals our spiritual vision and even may blind us physically. Our vision becomes spiritually blurred when we take our eyes off Christ. Sin defeats us. Satan defeats us, the world defeats us, and we lose our battle with the flesh to the point that we have nothing left to offer God. Now, when you have nothing left to offer God, that's sad, which results in sin stealing our victory. Number nine, sin will leave you forsaken. Sin will leave you forsaken. Verse 11 says, my loved ones and friends stay away. They do not have nothing to do with me. Fearing my disease, even my own family stands at a distance. They are aloof. In other words, friends and companions cannot be found when you have been stripped down to nothing and you have nothing else to offer God. Because of sin, some of you have lost your family. Because of sin, some of you have lost your job. And I'm not just talking about you here, to you here in person. I'm talking as well to those in the Spirit Center, as well as those looking on social media, YouTube, and, and uh, all this, Facebook and everything else. Sin takes away your family. Many folk have educated themselves, paying on the loans that they were educated with, but they lost their job because they sinned Against God, against people, couldn't get along. Reputation is another thing. You lose your reputation when you sin. You lose your character when you sin. You lose your joy. Your joy is gone when you sin. You lose your peace when you sin. Sin strips your dignity away, it destroys your health. When you are down, When you're down, I say when you're down, many will mock you before they sympathize or empathize with you. Agony of the soul is when you have lost your fellowship with God because of sin and even your family and friends have abandoned you. They're ashamed of you, don't want to be associated with you, don't have nothing to do with you, they won't call you, won't write with you because they just see your despicable sin. But I tell you something, I don't care how bad off your family member is, don't throw them away. Remember, you were once lost and it wasn't for the grace of God, you'd still be in a state of lostness. Don't be so quick. throw people away. Love folk with an unconditional love.
0: As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, well done, thou good and faithful servant and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.